I like that you know in your mind when I say a precious memento, a handful of things that you know are so important to you. And what does it mean to scan that or take or photograph that and have that next to a picture, uh, an old picture or a new picture? What new meaning do you find from that? Um, it all just feels like when you combine these different symbols, these different keepsakes, combining them in different ways creates this safe space for your heart and mind to explore. Like, isn't that interesting? that I didn't realize when I was watching all my home videos that anytime my dad would record my mom, he would always zoom in really, 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 really close. And I wouldn't have realized that had I not, I'm going to cry again. <laughs> I wouldn't have realized that if I hadn't watched so many home videos back to back from my project. This is the Help Me See podcast, and I'm your host, Bianca Mora. I'm an artist, an educator, and an anxiety-ridden mama who's obsessed with making meaning and art out of this one and only life. This podcast is about helping you see your life before it's gone. Like, really see it. I want to ask questions like, when does your now become your nostalgia? How can we be more intentional with the memories we're saving and not just capturing the highlight reel? You can expect an episode every Wednesday, some with just my introvert self rambling about what keeps me up at night, and some amazing guest speakers diving into how they choose to see. Something that seriously pains me is hearing, I wish I would have known how important that was at the time. I hate hearing that from others, and I'm scared to feel that for myself. I do feel like doing this podcast will be a comfort. I believe that if we continue having conversations about intention and awareness, that we can all live more fulfilled lives and create amazing work. I hope you leave each episode feeling inspired by your day-to-day -day with a deep piece of knowing that you're not missing it. So grab your coffee, settle in, and let's talk about everything that's right in front of us. So, let me guess. You are either too in the moment, so you don't think to take photos and you're relying on your fading memories, or you take too many photos and pull yourself out of every single moment you have. <laughs> Which camp are you in? I bet you could guess that I'm in the overboard camp. <laughs> I made something just for you. Sign up for my free guide, See Nostalgia Now, Three Ways to Save Your Memories Before They're Gone. I list super simple tools and easy to implement ideas to diversify how you save your memories so you don't have to feel the pressure of missing the moment or forgetting your memories. I even include some strange personal anecdotes on how I've done it myself. I may or may not have secretly recorded my partner's reaction to my pregnancy announcement and then gifted him the video a full year later. No judgments, please. Head to my website, www.biancaliamora.com to sign up for the free guide or see the link in the show notes. I can't wait to hear how it helps you bottle up your goodness. Welcome to another episode of Help Me See. In this episode, I talk to myself for 23 minutes and get choked up probably four, 
five times <laughs> just sitting here <laughs> talking to myself, thinking thoughts. <laughs> we talk about how photographs sometimes are just not enough. And what can we in- involve in our story? What can we save to give a better picture to look back on? What is a more holistic way of telling a story or not only not even telling a story, but that feels too linear. What is a more holistic way to give you the feeling, give you the feeling of this time and space in your life now, in the past? Um, a huge, a huge part of my work is not wanting it to be so precious. I don't like clear photographs because it doesn't feel, it doesn't, I mean, period. It doesn't feel period. I don't feel something in my stomach when I look at a photograph that's super, super clear because it doesn't, I don't recognize it when I'm even in my real life, when I'm looking at something and it doesn't have grain and it doesn't have motion blur necessarily, but it feels like it does. Right. So when I'm taking pictures, I think about that. I think about the flares, the light flares. And I think about maybe it not being perfectly crisp when I edit my photos and it's too clear. I like to add the grain to make it feel a little bit more, a little bit more classic and like the gritty realness that it was. Right. And Part of that also comes from scans and scanning in writing and documents and, you know, the property of a scan where you can almost see the, what is it, tweed or the texture, whatever the texture is of paper, like, and the pen on the paper. It's when you see things that you could imagine feeling with your hands, it just adds another dimension to what you're looking at. And I love that. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And um, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Let's roll. So I want to talk about why photographs aren't enough. Photographs are, I think that they are one of the most magical, transcendental, just absurd things ever. Because for me, they basically live and breathe. like. They, their meaning changes from like day to day, year to year, month. Like it's just your interpretations, how you feel about a photo, what it was that you photographed, seeing things that you didn't see when you first took it. Like it just all is so fluid and just heightens in value. Like it just continues appreciating over time. It's just, that's why I don't like deleting any photos, even if I feel like it's the most disgusting photo of myself or whatever it may be. I just, I'm endlessly fascinated about the power that a photograph holds. But in that same breath, um, I have never considered it the be all end all. And it, it has never satisfied me in in how I choose to document a subject or talk about a story. Um, And while I know that it's 
impossible to tell the whole story in any way. I feel like we should be opening our minds to the different pieces of the puzzle that we might not be considering. Um, for me, one of the most important secondary elements besides video and sound would be a written element. And I love when I say written elements, I mean, notes, journal entries, letters, cards. Um, I don't know. I think about the way whenever my father sends me a card in the mail, he underlines very specific parts of it that like he really means. It's enough to make me cry just now thinking about it. It's just all of those little things, they add up. They're all pieces of our puzzle, of our story. And when something happens, when you combine it all, when you take a picture from right now of you and your parents, and you add a picture of when your parents were teenagers next to it, really old photo, and then a note that they wrote you, it could, doesn't even have to be a sentimental note. It could be a reminder to don't forget your lunch from school. And you put it together. Like I could cry. Basket case. I could cry just thinking about that. Like that, what does it mean? What does it make you feel? Um, oh boy. I'm sitting here alone, getting emotional, thinking about this hypothetical imaginary combination of memorabilia. Oh my gosh. Um, so I, I have been obsessed with keeping for as long as I can remember. My mom used to write me lunch notes in high school and I saved every greasy one and I compiled them and of course used them in a project later on in life. Um, and I've just, I've always had that in me. Um, I feel like even the handwriting itself, not even next to photos, it symbolizes like such a deep, intimate, caring. Um, it tells a story of, is it rushed? Is it beautiful? Is it you know, very minimal and to the point. Is it rambling? Like, like me. <laughs> um, so I just feel like these elements that we add and combine with photographs enrich the story so deeply. Um, so I'd say that the first time I ever saw this the, the the time I saw this that actually like changed my brain chemistry was in high school. There's a photographer named Jim Goldberg, and he, I, I think he's just beyond incredible. Um, and I was in my high school photo class, and I came across his series on rich and poor, which is um, like the 70s and 80s. He photographed affluent and poor uh, people in. San Francisco, and he would have them write, look at the photo and write what they feel about the photo and what they see. And it was just so illuminating, so powerful. You know, some of, I, I feel like the writings from the affluent people were more desperate and longing than those that were, you know, living in the motels or what have you. And it just, it was the first time I saw something that wasn't like a fashion photo or a flower or whatever. And it made me, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like maybe that's what happened in my brain. But I was like, oh, oh, 
it's so much more than I thought it was. And what does it mean to include the person's voice? So it's like my interpretation of you and what you have to say about it. What do you glean from it? How is it bullshit? How is it truthful? Like uh, the collaboration of the photographer and the subject is just, it's so amazing to me. Anyway, so I saw his work and it just stuck with me. And from that point on, I always, even before that, knew that I valued the handwritten elements in other parts of the story in addition to photographs, but I had never seen it so literally put together like that. Um, so P.S. I get to college and I continued my fascination with things that are multimedia. I took a, you know, kind of like an installation class where we in- used other elements for storytelling, like audio and video and photographs. And, you know, we had a show where I did a domestic interior and I did a recording of my parents talking and it was like in a closet of this gallery space or classroom, whatever it was. And I put curtains and I, you know, made the whole thing. So I really enjoyed dabbling in what does it mean to create an actual space around the art? And like, how does that make someone feel when they're looking at it? Um, then I was fortunate enough to be selected to do an independent study with one of my favorite professors. I love him so much. He's so amazing. Um, and I chose to do my uh, independent study on death and kind of confronting something that I've always been horrified of. I just live in fear all the time and I'm exhausted by it. And part of me thinks that if I confront myself with it more, um, it might, it might ease that that's yet to be determined slash proven at all. But so I, I went to these bereavement groups with their permission, of course. Um, and I would talk to people about their loved ones that they had lost. And I would sit down with them and they would tell me their story. And then um, at the end of that semester, I made a show, a gallery show, where each person's loved one that had passed had a piece of art directly dedicated to them, memorializing them and their story, my interpretation of it, of course. And it just felt so good to me. Like, just the stories that I was able to portray. I don't really want to speak directly about um, each one, what happened, but being able to think about what am I showing? What am I putting in this space that tells even a sliver of the story about this person and what it makes them feel and what it makes their loved ones feel that were left behind um, with this gap, this needing, this longing for them. You know, uh, one of the people uh, he loved, he was like known for his Sunday football. So in my gallery space, I had a couch and I had an old TV and I had an old game playing on the TV. And, you know, just that, just that was so meaningful um, to this person's daughter. And I, so I've always known that there's more to the story besides the 2D pictures. Um, so when I had to pick my senior thesis, I 
chose my family because family dynamics and relationships, especially my own, has always interested me deeply. And I went and took stills from old home videos and just the process of that, looking at my own old home videos through a viewfinder and being able to control choosing like this is the picture I'm going to take right now from a time where I was there, I was in it, unable to remember this memory of what was going on. But now as an adult, I'm able to take these pictures. It's just such a mind fuck. And so the thesis was present or present day photos. So photographs I took of my parents and my family, and then also scans of old photos. And then also home video stills and home video uh, montage collages. So I had, I had a kind of immersive experience and it was really an exploration of what was most important to me and figuring out a way to put them together in a way that kind of told a narrative to the viewer and like, let them know. But also it wasn't important to me to have them exactly understand all of the nitty gritty details of my story. Just giving just enough to give a feeling that one might recognize and find comfort in, but not enough detail that it felt, it felt like too much. Um, during the time my parents were going through a, a divorce and it felt like giving too much detail felt icky in the way of we as a family weren't through the woods. So, you know, that, that saying create, create work from the scar, not from like the open bloody wounds. Like once, once some healing has occurred, I don't know. I, my thoughts on that waver from time to time, but that is how I did it. Um, I, hadn't ironically, even though what I did was so derivative, I had not understood who Larry Sultan was, who is my absolute favorite photographer and did basically what I did a quadrillion universes better. <laughs> um, he's a photographer that photographed his family, his parents and created created a book around it. And the way he did it is just the most precious, eloquent way that one I feel like could ever. And he took stills from his home videos and he included documentations from like his, his father's job and like acc accolades and all of this. Um, and something that was so powerful to me was that in his book, he had his parents writing, like telling some of their story. So inviting the voice of his subject. So it's not all about his perception of what he was witnessing. It was also about the parents and like what they felt like when they were looking at his work and, you know, what he, the story he was trying to tell something that Larry would um, talk about. I've heard him in a few interviews um, say was that there was a portrait of his dad sitting on the bed that he took and his dad had said something to the effect of, 
um, you know, I'm happy to help you with your project, but I want you to know that I already know that that's you sitting on that bed. That's not me. Like this forlorn stare that you have me doing basically like this is a portrait of you. I'm just the one sitting on the bed. And, you know, it's such an interesting and deep, um, introspective remark from his parent who he, you know, had no training, no photographic training and like just being that astute with what was happening and how the project itself and the work invited that conversation into their relationship. I don't know. It's super powerful. Um, I think something that I also really love about what Larry does that I feel like I try to keep with me when I'm photographing people and my own family is looking for the moments of in between, but like a deep in between. Something that he also talks about is that he thinks that m- rare moments of seeing are in the space between that small space, like a couple seconds of looking at something and thinking, like before you know what it is, like you're like, what is, oh, what is that? Like, what, what, what is it that a picture of? Or not recognizing what you're looking at at first, like something is amiss or something is it's taken from an oblique angle where not everything is settled. Things are caught off guard. It's as honest as it can be, which is all relative, but Larry Sultan, Jim Goldberg, giving voices to your subjects, letting the work be a collaboration. That is something that is so important to me because I totally own the fact that I can't say I'm going to capture the real you because I can't force you to be quote unquote, the real you. And what is the real you, you know, the version of you that is hyper aware of the fact that you're in front of a camera. Um, I mean, it is a reason why I do longer sessions. I don't, I don't do mini sessions that are like, you know, 20 minutes or anything because I feel like as time goes on, like literal time, you're able to get more comfortable, more relaxed, not care as much. And so some of those layers peel back. So I do, I do recognize that, but I also recognize that no matter how comfortable you are with me and no matter what I'm doing, there is an element of a facade and I like to invite different parts of the story into this narrative. I like to give you prompts and have you write about X, Y, and Z or what you see or what you, whatever it is, what you feel. I like that, you know, in your mind, when I say a precious memento, a handful of things that you know are so important to you. And what does it mean to scan that or take or photograph that and have that next to a picture uh, an old picture or a new picture. What new meaning do you find from that? Um, it all just feels like when you combine these different symbols, these different keepsakes, combining them in different ways creates this 
safe space for your heart and mind to explore. Like, isn't that interesting that I didn't realize when I was watching all my home videos that anytime my dad would record my mom, he would always zoom in really, 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 really close. And I wouldn't have realized that had I not, I'm going to cry again. (laughs) I wouldn't have realized that if I hadn't watched so many home videos back to back from my project. You know, there's just so many things that you can glean from your life when you're able to look back, when you're able to have a rich archive of your life. That's not just photographs. That's video. That's letters. There's something that it carries when you know someone touched that piece of paper. Um, Larry Sultan is like, I reference him, but when I tell you he is, he unfortunately has passed. Um, he passed a few years ago, but he is someone that I, when I hear him talk, it's like, I am not worthy. I cannot believe like he is like this, like higher spirit being, but at the same time, it's like, I almost know the words he's going to say before he says them. Like in his interviews, I feel every word in my stomach. Like, I just, I love his perspectives and his thoughts and his brain and his work and everything. But where is I going with that? I don't even know. I just got into a trance. Oh, I know. I, when I was looking to buy his book and anything of his is super, super expensive because he's probably because he's passed. It's amazing, but also he's passed and no new work is coming out and all of that. But on eBay, I found, so there were brand new, like clean versions of his book. And then there were also, you know, a little loved versions of his books. And I bought one that was written in and it wasn't just signed, but it was like to Bob or something like, I don't know, whoever Bob was. And it had a signature in it. I didn't care that it says to Bob. Obviously, the value of him, it has nothing to do with, oh, the value is more because he signed it. No, it's not that. I needed to get my hands on this book that he had touched. It carries a different energy. Like it made me cry. Like I, <laughs> maybe I'm a little bit crazy, but like, Something like that. Like, what does it mean when you're holding something that you know this person that you love touched? It might sound a little silly, but I mean, what is that? What, why do people value autographs? It's just a scribble on a piece of paper. Why are they valuable? I mean, it's not valuable unless you love the person, right? It's just a scribble. The intimacies that come from combining multimedia, just different aspects of a life with your current day photographs. That is just what I, the point I want to drive home. Nothing's ever going to be enough. Nothing 
is as valuable as just really sinking into that present moment. But being able to have a rich archive to look back on and to play with and to, it's like you have a world to go into when things get hard and scary and you lose someone and you want to make sense of your life and how did I get here? Look at the notes that your mom wrote you. My mom left a note saying, mommy loves you and then signed it like before surgery, blah, 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 like the date. And I know that was in case something happened to me, like, I want you to know this. She didn't have to say that. It just said, mommy loves you. You know, (sighs) I am a very, (laughs) I am too sensitive. I'm a highly sensitive person. I like to think that I'm a badass and I don't care what people think and X, Y, Z, but um, how true can that be? If just thinking about these thoughts and talking to myself (laughs) about it drives me to tears. (sighs) Anyway, I hope that my ramblings inspired some, some thought and maybe motivated you to to keep a note that someone wrote you rather than, you know, throw it away and clear out the clutter. Because although clutter crowds the mind, the right kind of clutter can be like your baby blinky, like a soft place to land when you need it. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast. <laughs>